play it by ear. Anyway, what's up, Maurice? We are live. Hi. I'm Thanks gonna, for having me on. What a pleasure, man. I'm going to tweak this a little bit. Um, okay, cool. So as I was saying, um, ah, not speaking. Uh, as I was saying, um, yeah, I've been, I've been very bold with the podcast. I've been trying to uh, drink water and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, today we have Maurice on or Morris. Uh, <laughs> so that's what we're talking about on our way here. But um, so you prefer Maurice. Yeah, technically I prefer Maurice because that's how it should be said. It but, sounds more badass as well. Yeah, it sounds cooler, but I don't introduce myself as Maurice until recently. Yeah. Um, because my parents have always called me Morris, right? So they're like, Morris, come here. Morris, do this. Yeah, that's right. That's interesting because that's the same with my name, right? Which is Hebrew, which is yeah. pronounced Eden. But probably only my, my dad calls me... No, my mom calls me Eden as well. Yeah. But but not because they're good at the Hebrew language, but rather because um, Eden sounds more Japanese. Yeah, and it so does. that's why my mom yeah. calls me Eden. But Who then, came up with the name? Eden. Uh, so actually, they chose my name uh, Yu Teng first. Uh, so Yu Teng was my my Chinese name. They chose that one first. But um, my dad, um, being an army guy for many many years, he's a big fan of the Israeli army. Right. Might be a polarizing thing yeah. to talk about mm, right now, but that's yeah. All right. But, but he likes, <laughs> but he likes the Israeli army, and um, he he's got buddies. I think uh, there as well, and I think you know this. The Israeli army used to train the Singapore armed forces as yeah, well. Yeah, they did. They did, right? So he was quite inspired by them. Mm. And so he wanted uh, for me to be called something in Hebrew. Mm. And so um, Eden was the choice. It was, I, if I'm not wrong, they did mention once that the alternative was Yoni because there was a famous general called Yoni. <laughs> and, by your, and by your reaction, I guess, okay, maybe. Eden he, was the better yeah, choice. Yeah, Eden was the better yeah. choice. So Is there a meaning to Eden? Thanks, Mom and Dad. Um, you want to hear the... Yeah, you want to hear? Okay, well, I'll give you two versions. <laughs> All right. I have Google, not Google. I have looked it up in the dictionary before. Right. Some say it. Some say it's. Uh, okay, let's just go with the rude one first. Um, people, <laughs> some dictionaries um, define it as the place of pleasure. I see. Yes. Which is what Eden is. Yeah. It? Which. Well. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no. It's supposed to be. Uh, I think it's supposed to be paradise, right? right. Because the Garden of Eden. Um, but speaking of being a place of pleasure, yeah. I know you through my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a way to introduce me. <laughs> That's right, man. Uh, so, um, yeah, so my wife, Lilan, uh, you guys went to the same secondary, secondary school, school yep. right? Which was called? Angmokyo Secondary School. Angmokyo Sec, which was also where your wife went. Yes, it was. So you knew her since you were like... I did. So, well, according to her, uh -huh. she knew me since the first day. No. <laughs> she knew you before she met yeah. you. Not to call Savage Garden, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so we were there uh, and we got to know each other because we were both counselors, student counselors. Ah, you um, nerd. Yeah, I yeah, was. I was a prefect as well, though. Yeah. So yeah, two, <laughs> two nerds just talking. Hey. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we got to know each other there. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, we, as in we didn't start dating in secondary school. That was way after. Right. Um, we somehow kept in touch. Mm -hmm. But then that brought us together, I guess. Right. As fate would have it. Yes, and 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 uh, and one of the greatest things of you, about you coming together, which has been a huge impact in my life, is your daughter Emily. Actually, <laughs> um, so my wife is obsessed with uh, Maurice and Winnie's daughter Emily, and she loves her so much. And she just brought over this wooden-ish Lego set train train set. yeah <laughs> yeah train which thing. I'm definitely getting for Eden in the coming holiday season. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, super appreciate that, man. Um, 
So another thing that you have in common with my wife is that you guys were from drama club. Yes, and that's I, if I remember correctly, that's how we met. Oh, uh, was that? Oh, yeah, as yeah. in, like, it was but Lilan was a student counselor as well. Um, later on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If okay. I, sorry, my memory might be fading, but right. I think she joined the council later on. It wasn't uh, in secondary one. Okay, the cool kids were in there before before that. The nerdy kids were the in there. Oh, the nerdy yeah. kids. Right, right, right. <laughs> she had a couple of years of cool kids, and then she decided, you know, it's okay. time to be a nerd. <laughs> so, so what, like, I don't know if this student, uh, a student mm-hmm. council person is the same as a prefect. Well, back in my, my days, they were called prefects. Well, I'm so older than you. So, prefects, I, I think the concept of prefect is, like, there's only a few. Yes, there's only a few. Yeah, but council, it's, it's as the name suggests, it's a council. So, right. you have almost a representative from every class. Okay, a I get few, you. In fact, I get not you. just one. Yeah, and um, I guess you come together, and then it forms a huge council. Then you have like the various different positions, like treasurer, secretary, right. vice president, president, so on and so forth. Should I actually like that kind of stuff? I think it, it allows um, kids to yeah. understand structure. It, it does, and and, I, and as you get older, it's the same shit in companies it is as well. Pretty right? much, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so then you you learn to sort of. Uh, because the the president and the vice president and all these various positions are voted in. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like a democracy where, wow. yeah, people, so then people go on to campaign. Right. It's really weird, right? Asking students to campaign for a presidency. But, I, th- I think it's cool, though. Yeah, but it's yeah. great. So it teaches you to uh, promote yourself, to uh, improve yourself, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, make people want to vote for you. That's great. Yeah. Um, uh, how it worked when, when I was in school was that, um, there would be a piece of paper with um, the index. It's basically got everyone in our whole year. Yep. And and a student would then, the whole school, right, gets to vote for, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, for the whole school gets to vote for who they think is suitable to be prefect. Right. And then the teachers will then cast their vote. And their votes are worth like... Way more. Yeah, way more, basically. So they tally all of that up so it doesn't become a popularity yep. contest. Uh-huh. Um, but that's a story for another day. Um, yeah, so uh, anyway, drama club. Yeah, <laughs> so, so no, 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 no. Feel free to sidetrack. Um, so you guys were... And interestingly, you know what? I always saw our drama club as uh, not... Go on, <laughs> say yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say it, I dare you. Um, uh, yeah, the drama... Well, okay, so I was in my my high school musical I actually was I was in my high school play and my high school musical but that's because the teacher um, knew me from somewhere else and was mm-hmm. like hey do you want to join but I was never actually in drama club right. um, but but the, but the, I'll let you in on a little bit of a secret I, I did in some ways look up to the drama club kids um, as my um, because okay, so I ha- so when I was so I was in a play called Tempest, so it's mm-hmm. a Shakespeare play, right? So I was in Tempest, and um, I went to this guy who was playing the main character. Um, he, I guess, was seen as one of the not that cool kids, you know. But then uh, he was a few years older than me, and I and I was just fascinated. I was like, how the heck does this guy remember so many damn things? Yeah. So I was just looking at him, and I go, bro, how what like why how how do how does this whole thing works and he thought about it for a little while and he goes well you're a dancer right and i go yeah and he goes well how how do you remember choreography do you write it down i go no it just comes naturally it's in the back of my head and he goes well that's what i do as well and i go oh but interestingly later on in life it is me who then became drama club and then you went to do something which is which i think is super cool and which leads me to what you do for a living which is 
which kind of feels feels like I am a kid in a candy shop or a, <laughs> a kid in a playground because it's like I've always wanted to meet someone where I can bombard with questions. And I think mm-hmm. anyone who ever travels is fascinated by planes, and mm-hmm. that's what you do. You are yep. an an aircraft engineer. Yep. Is that the the official? Term? Um. Well, my official term is not. I won't say I'm an aircraft engineer because mm-hmm. I am not licensed to fix an aircraft. Um, I'm an engineer in terms of the systems and the way that the aircraft works. So you need a particular license to mm-hmm. allow you to touch the aircraft, like hands-on, touch hands-on the touching the aircraft. Right, However, right. I have the engineering knowledge and mm. theory of how the aircraft works and mm-hmm. how systems uh, correlate to each other. So I support those people who can actually fix the aircraft. Why can I ask why they do that though? Like, why wouldn't it be? Okay, from from Mr. Not Educated in this right. um, perspective, it's like, if you know how to fix it, why don't you go do it? Why why would you then tell somebody else to then go fix it? Um, because as someone who can fix it, firstly, you need to train for about four years before you can even touch the aircraft to, to be licensed to fix it. Right, right? okay. So firstly, the training program is very, very long. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of uh, tests and exams and all that to ensure that you're qualified to touch the aircraft because... Mm-hmm. It's sort of like having the theory versus having the uh, the hands-on experience. It's a little different, you. isn't it? I get you. Yep, yeah. Yep. Okay, so for us, sense. we as I would, in a way you can say theoretical engineers, mm-hmm. we understand the way the system is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we pick things up as we go when we face uh, issues. Right. Uh, then it creates the sort of, sort of like feedback loop, right? So we say, do mm-hmm. this, they'll try it. And they'll let you know if... They'll let us know if it works. If it doesn't, then we'll go back to the drawing board and figure something out. Something like that. I... I, Well, what I can think of is like... um, um, It's like a a doctor that refers you to a physio. I don't know. In my head, that's how I picture it. Because the doctor knows the theory behind it. But they're not the ones that are going to, you know... Um, what's the word? Is it is it mobilize your muscles? They they're not the ones that go there and do the the pulsing on the muscles. Right. They are the physio does that, but they're the ones that kind of diagnose and yeah. say, hey, you go to this thing. So, yeah. I mean, that's how I would. Yeah. Would so I guess mind. yeah, you can think of it as a uh, a GP and a specialist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where the GP takes a first go at it because gotcha. there's a certain manual right. that they look through and they go, all right, this is what I'm supposed to do, and uh-huh. if it doesn't work, they'll come to us and go, hey. Right. I need something beyond the books. Could you help me? Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. That 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 makes a lot of sense. Um, and y- y- who do you work for right now? <laughs> can right. you say that? I think I can. Oh, yeah. You can. Yeah. Who do you? Who who do? Well, which company are you with? I guess. Currently, I'm with Singapore Airlines. Okay. Yeah. I, I just wanted you to say that because I thought it'd right. be cooler if it came from you. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. In the world of airplanes, that's one of the cool ones. You're one of the cool kids in the airline industry, no? I hope so. I, mean, I really hope so. <laughs> okay, I, I won't want to say another airline. That's but, not. Yeah, but um, no, I would think that SIA is always seen as very prestigious, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, this, I think our marketing team has done very well. That's of a course. very good yeah, job. They do, they do an excellent job. Yeah. Um, our public affairs team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and overall, the company strategy has positioned itself in such a way that we are a premium airline. Right. And I think uh, it's done wonders for us, mm-hmm. and hopefully that can continue. I I sure hope so as well. I think I think SIA is actually the the pride of a lot of Singaporeans going overseas, right? Because when you meet someone from a different country and you tell them about Singapore, they either tell you no gum or they tell you, hey, I've taken your plane. Yeah. Right. So I think it's actually a really big deal, and um, 
everyone in SIA is obviously doing a great job. Uh, maybe not the brightest days at the moment, um, but yeah. definitely still one of the, the yeah. staples of Singapore, right? Um, and I do know with my very limited knowledge of airline and airplane engineering that there is Boeing and there is the Airbus. These are the two main ones, right? So They're the two major ones and the two that we sort of use, the airplanes that we use. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there are a lot of other smaller, not say smaller, but other, uh, manufacturers. Right, yeah, right. but for us, we decided to go with Boeing and Airbus because of uh, our history with them. Right. Is, is the difference between a Boeing and an Airbus almost like a Mac and a PC or is it Ooh. not? I don't think that would do it justice. I think it's right. more, um, well, firstly, in, in the cockpit, uh, a Boeing uses a, a control yoke. Which is the steering wheel looking one. Uh, yeah, it's sort of like a, one of those really cool video game like mm -hmm. controls, mm -hmm. right? Whereas the on the Airbus cockpit, they use a stick, like a stick flyer. Right. Control stick to fly the aircraft. Got it. And which one are you the expert in? Um, technically, I used to be an expert more on the Airbus side, but since okay. I've moved on to a Boeing portfolio, so I know a lot more about Boeing now. Oh, is that right? Yeah. There was, there, was a, um, there was a really cool phrase that you once said, which is something about don't bother me about something, which I thought was really cool. Uh... If it ain't Boeing, I ain't going. That's right. That's the one. Yeah, I always thought that was really, really cool. Let's, let's yeah, it depends it, on which side of the of the right. fence you're on, right? When I used to do Airbus, I used to say, if it's Boeing, it's boring. Uh, oh, yeah. okay, there now, you go. Now I'm on the Boeing side, so if it's not Boeing, I ain't going. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Things for, we do in the airline industry. <laughs> for someone, you know what? I think your drama club experience is actually really, really paid off very very well because of all people like you like you're very animated man and you're super fun to, to uh, chat with on a podcast i'm like where did this come from well from the years of um drama club training so you know if you guys are thinking where to send your kids send them to drama club indeed. right um yeah <laughs> very good spokesperson for drama club um so now i like we we're saying am like a kid in a candy store and i've got so many questions to ask you please um, shoot but um i'll do my best yeah, so <laughs> so um, maybe we can start with just uh, one random one, just because I was also doing my research mm -hmm. on the way here. Uh, one thing that, okay, wait, before, okay, maybe let's start with this one. Okay. So, you know, many comedians make fun of this, but you know when they do this brace, brace position, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, whether or not my head is tucked on my knees, <laughs> how big of a difference does this make if the plane was actually to go into a, well, slam down from the sky yeah okay so <laughs> as much as it kills me to say this yeah. if the plane is diving down from the sky yeah no position is going to help you exactly yeah. so why, why as soon do as we it hits it? the water the uh the impact is going to kill everyone um so skidding on water is not a thing it's just going to okay, hit uh so you can mm -hmm. so once again it's very situational right um but in Specifically, if you're talking about the plane diving out of the uh, the sky straight into the water, there's mm -hmm. no chance, almost no chance to survive. It's like uh, basically a the plane doing a belly flop. So even though it's water, you don't exact, it, exactly exactly yeah. So you. yeah, so your body is okay, right? But right. then imagine a few ton, thousand tons of metal yeah. just falling straight into the water. Gosh. And I mean, you've seen recently in the past few years, mm -hmm. or not few years, the decade or so, it hasn't been too good in terms of. Uh, yeah, not quite. Yeah. And disappearing it. as well. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. 
it's so the, not good. But if the aircraft were to glide, which they can, by the way, so like as in skid on the water. Yeah, they can glide oh. because they can control the plane to glide down, like, like a sully. Yes, but maybe more rough. Okay. But it can be done. Yeah. And in those cases, you would want to be in a brace position because mm. uh, there is still certain impact. Um, oh. And having yourself against an object mm-hmm. could cushion you and, and keep you in place as compared to if you're just ragdolling. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I guess you won't be whiplashed. Like you won't be yeah, thrown less. back. There'll be less whiplash. Because you're tucked into yeah, a wall. Yeah, because you're... Braced, hence the name, right? You're basically doing like a like a cannonball like into the water. Yeah, yes. like a like a equivalent to a cannonball. Yeah. Ah, that's what it's for. Right, 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 yeah. right. Oh, that's that's very, very interesting. You know what I always thought it was? Because mm-hmm. I thought that on your way down, if the plane does do the um like the Steve Aoki song, We hit turbulence, you know, when you hit turbulence, mm-hmm. I thought it's because it jerks you upwards yep. and that's why they don't want your head to whip back. Both anything so yeah so the brace position is quite versatile i guess um the point is to keep you (laughs) as compact as possible right uh, in as many areas to support yourself it 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 is a very compromising position to be um (laughs) to to die in i I must say yeah yeah gosh but anyway that that's a very dark topic um but (laughs) but speaking of plane crashes as well Mm -hmm. right okay wait wait there's another thing which i find really fascinating right which people always make fun of uh, lots of comedians make Mm -hmm. fun of is that they give you a whistle so they they always say this right that you fall into an ocean in the middle of freaking nowhere yep and if you have ever heard a helicopter the helicopter is so damn loud that you're not going to hear anything yeah so what is the point of the whistle so that's why everyone gets a whistle so you can whistle in harmony and make make music (laughs) while waiting (laughs) so so does it help you find each other uh so i think the point yeah is to help you find each other of course um if there's an off chance, sure, in an ocean, you're just a, a, a tiny piece right. uh, floating around. But if there's an off chance that there's a boat that comes by mm-hmm. or within region and they can hear the whistle. That's some you never pretty know. strong lungs right there, yeah. the whistle. But to be fair, Rose did it. You know, when Jack and Rose <laughs> were in the <laughs> middle of the ocean, Rose did it and she actually made them come back for her. So I yeah. don't know if it was because so it, was the, it was in the script. Was but. there space for two? <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, well played, man. That that's really good. philosophical question. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I, I think there was space for two, but he chose to die to make it look more romantic. For sure, the things we do for women. Because he was in drama club. That's right. He probably was in yeah. drama club. Um, so another thing about crashing is the is the black box. Mm-hmm. Now this like. Everybody asks this question, but I think it's a dumb question. But at the same time, I'd probably like to hear a more technical explanation mm-hmm. of it. But they're like, hey, look, if the black box doesn't break, why don't they just make the plane out of the same material they make the black box? <laughs> so how would you answer that one? Well, if you do that, uh, so the black box is almost indestructible, right? And mm-hmm. if you do that, your plane is going to be so heavy. Mm-hmm. And the major cost in uh, operating an airline is naturally the fuel mm-hmm. right because mm-hmm. you're burning so much fuel per flight so right. airplane manufacturers as well as uh, operators always try and optimize your fuel burn your fuel efficiency and performance of the aircraft mm-hmm. so if you make an aircraft sure you can make the most sturdy plane that won't uh, could survive a drop straight from the sky into the water mm-hmm. but how much fuel would you be burning in order to fly that plane and it just so wouldn't be cost effective. Is it a weight issue or it really just cannot take off with that kind of weight? 
could be either or because you're okay. i'm not sure about the specifics of the engine and what is the maximum weight that it could take because every aircraft is different every engine type is different right but um mostly they're efficiently built so they can lift a certain amount of weight including cargo and passengers right so if you then double or triple your aircraft weight which you would if you were to make it indestructible right right yeah you wouldn't be running a very cost-efficient airline yeah and and what is the black box made out of oh actually maybe first is it black firstly no it's not black ah the yeah. black box is not black it's actually very bright orange so that people can find it yeah oh, then why is it called a black box i think it came from world war terminology ah, where okay. uh, they were transporting things in black box literal black boxes okay because these were uh, secret or confidential okay information hmm. um oh, but then it became a regulation uh that they are to be bright orange as you mentioned because in the bottom of the ocean you're not going to find something a black, black box right? yeah right, you'd want something right. even if if it's orange it's already so difficult to find Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let alone if it's black and and so the material that it's made out of is sorry i don't know that actually okay 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 no i'm just i'm just curious like and and it's a big thing or um it's about yay big okay sorry I'm, i know i'm positioning he, it yeah yeah. you're gesturing it to ju- be like double the size of a lunchbox basically maybe like more than a foot yeah. okay it's like uh if you're talking about it's it's like the la- it's like yeah, my laptop. Yeah, maybe like, like a laptop, 15 16 inch. But a cube version of my laptop basically. A uh, rectangular A rectangular version of it. Yeah. Ah, okay. Cuboid. Right, right. And inside is like it's a flight data recorder basically. So which is it's an instrument to record the basi- uh, Is it basically like a hard disk? Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. So it stores um it gathers all the information from your various instruments. So like your altitude, your airspeed, right. your uh, heading. Yeah. Right, right. The, the right. idea behind it is so that you can take this device um, and then sort of re-simulate the path of the aircraft. Huh. So it's down to the tiniest details it of is. what was happening. Inside. Yep. Ah, that's so interesting. One, one thing that I... So I've um, worked with pilots on shoots before and one thing that fascinates... Well, I've got lots of things that fascinate me, but one of it is that the... You know, it looks so fancy when you go into a cockpit, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, I hear that there's switches for every damn thing, like turning off the like um, the, the the thing that boils the hot water or something. You know, there's like... There's switches for everything. There so are. actually, the actual controls that you use aren't actually all that fancy stuff that you see. You're actually more concentrated to a few things. Is that correct? Um... I wouldn't say that. It's more like these are there so that you can have full control over the aircraft if you need to. Right. But okay. it's it's like a car, I guess, right? Where you go in, mm. what you really need is your uh, accelerator, your brake, your steering wheel, and your signals. Everything it, else is sort of additional. Right, like the volume of the radio and all yeah. that shit. Oh, right. Is, is, it om- like, is there a situation where, like, let's say you're electricity is not doing well for some reason or mm-hmm. fuel is not doing well mm-hmm. you can then turn off the things that you find are unnecessary yep. is so it kind of like that these buttons a lot of them are well firstly there's a circuit breaker uh-huh. panel okay where you can sort of what a popular word for right now but yeah. yes okay the circuit breaker in a panel. different manner no one gets isolated in this case no. <laughs> right right okay yeah but then there are also things that control your uh, of course your engines your flaps right uh your air conditioning if you will uh-huh um Although it's not as simple as as the air conditioning in your rooms. Right, right. Yeah, it's more like aircraft conditioning, the Mm. air in the aircraft. 
Hey, that just led me to more questions. But before I go into that, yep. so of the four turbines, if three fail, does the plane still fly? Or does it need to have one on each side to fly? Um, so you're assuming it's a four-engine aircraft? Uh, yeah, I assume that there are four. Are, are, they, are they called the engine, the turbines on the side? Yeah, so they're the engines. The fans? Which, yeah. oh, oh, those are the engines? Yeah, those are the engines. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're called turbofan engines, so you're, you're half right. Tur- turbo, not turbofan yeah. engines, but turbofan engines. Turbofan. Oh, turbofan yeah. engines, okay. Mm-hmm. So, so there, are four. there are two or four? Yeah, there are two no, or four. No, wait a minute, but some planes have propellers. Yeah, so then those are your propeller engines. So there are a few types of ah, engines. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. So you have your propeller, as you mentioned, which, so those are you... They can be either on the front of the plane, but those are the really small planes. Right. Or they are same place on the wings, right. but then you're run by like two or four propeller ah, engines. Okay. Yeah. So so the turbo is the engine of the plane. And if mm-hmm. there is if it's not balanced, if there's only one on one side that yep. works, does the plane still fly? Yep, the plane can still fly. Straight. So there's something called um ETOPS. Uh operations where uh it's to s- allow the aircraft to safely land i won't say fly but it's to safely okay. land okay with one side uh engine operational only so Th- this is a what sorry this is a like a default setting or like a it's not a default setting it's just the way the aircraft was designed so oh. yeah so, so it's for designed example, to be able to do everything with only one engine um, not everything, but land. That's why I specifically. I'm, oh, yeah. oh, so I see. I see. Gotcha. So if you lose one engine, you can, and you're in the sky. It will still bring you home. Yeah, basically. you can still huh. land. You can fly enough to land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's certain flight envelopes and certain flight paths that you have to take to adhere to these operational requirements. But that's oh. very technical, and I don't. So the the short answer is, if one engine does go off or three engines go off as mm-hmm. long as you have one engine on either side you can kind of still land yep ah that's interesting next question um next question is it true that a plane can okay so i always get this wrong it can either take off but it can it can take off unmanned but it needs a pilot to land it or it can do both i i cannot remember which one it was um which one is true can it take off and land without a pilot nowadays i think they can but mm-hmm. pilots still do take off and land. Because it's smoother, if I'm not wrong. Um, not just smoother, but they also have requirements where they need to maintain currency. Um, so Ooh, what's, what's that? So, for example... If I you, thought they do it just to keep their jobs. Because if the, the damn plane does it by themselves... <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, no, it needs me to land. Are you yeah. sure? Yes, yes, Maybe? it needs me. I'm better, yeah. So Google so what, plane. What, yeah, <laughs> what, why do they do that, actually? Um, well, firstly, because... There are many things that can happen during a takeoff or landing that a computer might not be able to predict, right? So it can react, but um, at the end of the day, a pilot in the seat is and observing the situation is right. Okay, irreplaceable in my opinion. Right, and that's why airlines have continued to, I mean, maintain such a big uh, pilot community Mm -hmm. um, and Mm -hmm. employment because. Because the airplane doesn't exactly have eyes. It doesn't. So you can't, yeah. You're basically paying the person for his or her reaction. Yes. 
Right. Oh, that's what it is. Because uh, if I'm not wrong, once the plane's up in the air, they actually autopilot it, right? Because yep, you're just you seeing cloud, cloud, yep. more cloud and cloud and cloud, right? Yeah, so you could, once you're in the air, you can put it on autopilot and it'll just uh, cruise. Right. What What are the chances of planes... Crashing? Um, yeah. Technically, not much. Uh, okay. Of course, freak accidents do happen due to human error. I mean, how accurate would you have to be to actually crash in the air? Right? I yeah, think that's very, very, very Yeah, rare. the chances of crashing would be way higher than... I, I can't even throw two paper airplanes and make them meet, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah, but because um, between... I mean, between airspaces, so mm-hmm. the, the whole world is basically broken up into airspaces and controlled right. by different countries, right? And their various authorities. So... Okay. Does that mean that the closest control tower to to that airspace yep. controls that airspace. Yes, so they're aware right. of all the planes coming in and leaving the uh, airspace. Right, so there's no such thing as international airspace airspace that no one's in charge of. Because I know that there's international airspace, right? There is, but I'm not sure how many of these places are fully mm. um, not controlled because you still need some visibility on these. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I, I think basically... I'm just guessing what you're saying mm. is that the paths are already planned. Yeah, so the the flight plan, and that's what they do. They they plan the flight. So, oh, that's what flight plans are yeah. when they say flight plan. Oh, yeah. okay. So they tell you there are certain handoff points where you're switching from control tower to control tower. Right, okay. Uh, to maintain a level of communication. Right. And so technically there shouldn't be any situation where two planes would collide because mm-hmm. once they hand off each control tower should know which aircraft is coming and which aircraft is going right so everyone is aware of yep. where everybody's but you know but this wouldn't apply to like military exercises though right because you wouldn't want to just give out freely i mean when it comes to like intelligence and you know secret things that you're doing you won't exactly want to hand out your flight plan to yeah and right? that's why a country's training militarily mm-hmm. sorry i just made up a word militarily yeah, yeah. It's yeah. okay, I'll put it down. <laughs> yeah. So uh-huh. for military training, uh-huh. um, for example, Singapore, you yeah. can see that our planes only fly within our Singaporean airspace. Ah, I get it. That's why it's so sensitive when recently China's plane mm-hmm. crossed into Singapore's airspace, yep. right? Oh, no wonder these things are such a big deal. Yeah. It's uh Right. It's not a territory thing. It's like it's just a safety thing, actually. It is. But it's also territorial. I mean, because if you have anyone else right flying yeah. into your airspace and their military aircraft yeah. you know how much damage one of those can do yeah that's true um, although the chances are obviously nothing's going to happen but you never know mm-hmm. uh, no it, it isn't i guess it's the the feeling of like someone just walking into your house you're like they yeah. didn't steal anything but it still feels like shit bro yeah. when someone does that yeah oh okay okay well that's very very interesting um whenever so here's something that always i always find it fascinating it's like recently um even in the japan olympics i think the japanese air force it was that did that they actually um, made the olympic rings mm-hmm. in the sky mm-hmm. yeah and i was just thinking like how do you not crash holy like i mean a flight plan like when i think of a flight plan like let's say from singapore to malaysia right i mean this is like the 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 accuracy can vary to me anyway i feel like it can vary f- a few meters or I don't know a few hundred meters mm-hmm. but when you're flying in these like military jets right yep. and you're doing loops and you're so close to each other I'm yep. just like man how are they doing these things a lot of training right because I okay, okay me as someone who 
does not fly and I only drive cars and you were in the car that I was driving just now and that's dangerous enough and I have a road, man. Mm -hmm. I can see the road. I can see lanes and I'm literally just making sure the car doesn't go left and right. But when you're in a plane, there's up, there's down, there's left, there's right. You can roll as well, right? So how do they keep so still and... Um, Once again, it's mainly training. So especially for these uh, acrobatic movements, mm-hmm. I think they do a lot of simulator training before they go into an aircraft and practice it. That would make a lot of sense actually, because yeah. you don't want to. You don't want to. Yeah, try. you don't want to throw a two million. Or, sorry, not two million, but several tens of million dollars yeah. worth of uh, equipment at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they do a lot of simulator training before they actually do the actual uh, flying. Right. And then again, even when they're actually flying, they do it a lot of times to make sure that. Well, no one's crashing. Yeah. I wonder if they, you know, when they're in formations of five, mm-hmm. I'm sure they do it as like a two-man thing first, right? And mm-hmm. they're like, ah, oh, that worked. Okay, let's try it with three people. Let's try it with four people, yeah, you know, and not do, do something crazy. Actually, I was I was reading about uh, up about it somewhere about how like when people eject from a from a jet that's about mm-hmm. to crash, they actually get shorter because the... The, 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 the G-force. Is it the G-force or is it the fact that they're shot out at such... Oh, yeah, well, well I guess yeah, the I mean, G-force of... Yeah, so oh, it's because they're shot out so fast, the G-force... It compresses your yeah. spine. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's rough, huh? Um, Great sacrifices they make for the country. That. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> I like how you're constantly being very patriotic. I yeah. like it. Um, I actually... Um, I, one of my friend's brothers, I think, was working on this project, but um, they're, they're kind of... I don't know if it's the US that does this, but one of the, the countries, they have... Um, the pilot's um, helmet actually has... A, HUD? Is it like the thing? Like a smart... Like a smart screen, basically, that tells you. It basically feels like you're like Wonder Woman or Superman, where you can look everywhere, Mm -hmm. and it feels like there's no plane. Wow. Like, you can look, like, 360, and... Mm -hmm. I I think I've heard of that, but I've never seen it in action. Oh, that's fascinating. I think it's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, technology, I think, has advanced so much these years, in the recent years, especially uh, with everyone beefing up their military. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of those, so, I mean, we even do that on our aircraft, on commercial aircraft. Oh, is that right? Not exactly goggles, but um, in front of you on the windscreen, you can pop a screen down Mm -hmm. and it sort of uh, gives you like a smart display, an HUD, which gives you uh, a lot more information than you would Uh uh, normally have. Right. Because normally you have to look it up in the side computer or something, but Mm -hmm. now it's all in front of you, sort of like Iron Man, right? That's very cool. Yeah, sort of like Iron Man, now that you say that. Um, one thing that I think it's Japan Airlines that does it, which I'm a real big fan of, mm-hmm. is when they take off and land, before they turn on all the entertainment devices, right? Is that thing dropping? It looks <laughs> yeah, like Yeah, it you is. can just pull it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, is that right? Yep. Yeah, so um, on, on I think it's Japan Airlines, when they take off, it's still drooping. Just just push it all the way in. Is that okay? Yeah, that's actually good. Okay. Great. So, yeah, um, when I'm in Japan Airlines, when you take off and you land, right, um, before the entertainment starts, they actually um, show you the camera view of the front wheel. Wow. Yeah, that's actually really cool. That's like, I've always cool. been a big fan of that. I get yeah, really yeah. excited when it's landing. I'm like, ooh, I like countdown. Yeah, everyone yeah. likes to see uh, how the plane works and how the plane lands. and. Yeah, yeah pe- people love information, man. Actually, that, that's mm-hmm. not, yeah, pe- people love information. Um, another interesting piece of information that uh, kind of blew my mind was I saw um, that they, they were talking about um, human innovation and how fast, I guess you can say, how fast we progressed. Um, that the time of the Wright brothers and the time that someone landed on the moon, if I'm not wrong, is something like 66 years apart from each other. Mm-hmm. I might have to Google this to yeah. look it up, but, but I do remember the figure was something like 
66, like the, the, the year someone landed on the moon and from the Wright brothers starting. Yep. And, and I think that's fascinating, man. Like, it's very, very... Oh, by the way, right, um, just now we're talking about New Zealand. And what was, it, what was the apple called? The Envy Apple? The Envy Apple. So apparently, so Maurice just told, told, taught me about this thing called the Envy Apple that's supposed to be very, very yummy. It's that's really from good. New Zealand. It's very crunchy. It's very sweet. And I grew up there and I have never tried it I once. Know. Um, I think it's pretty new. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I've never seen it until uh, the past few years, actually. Hmm. I wish I had one. I envy that. It's, I envy the envy apple. Um, but um, in New Zealand, they always have this claim that it was mm-hmm. actually a New Zealand guy, a New Zealander guy who created the plane before the Wright brothers. Ooh. Have you heard this theory before? No, but do shoot. Um, yeah, let, let me... I'll Google it right now. But um, yeah, uh, do, did you have to... I'm sure you have to study this in, um, in engineering school, right? About the Wright brothers and all that. Um, well, we study the, the engineering behind the flight uh, and, and the plane, but not the history of it, so to speak. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, yeah so this guy's called Richard Pierce, right? So right. he was a New Zealand farmer, and it says here that an inventor who performed uh, pioneering aviation experiments and witness interview after his claim that Pierce flew and landed a powered heavier-than-air mm-hmm. machine on 31st of March, 1903. So they claim that he actually did this before the Wright brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously back then they did not have Google and right. all this fancy stuff. So no one knows. But either way, I guess we we have come a, a very, very long way. And I think that's very, very cool. Um, now, one huge question that I always um, hear people wonder and ask, right, is why... Now we have electric cars, right? But mm-hmm. why is it that no one ever talks about electric planes? Um... Well, it's in the works, so I think a lot oh, of is it for real? yeah, a lot of uh, airplane manufacturers are. That's obviously the next big thing, right? Like electric, fully electric uh, mm-hmm. airplanes. Imagine the batteries, though. And that's the problem. That's that's right? actually the problem why it's taken so long because you need a battery that can last for so long. Right. Um, Imagine the amount of lithium like you and you're throwing away as well when yep. those batteries fail. Yeah. Right. Which is actually one of the concerns right now with the with the climate, right? Mm-hmm. That eventually though we feel like we're going more green, um, Yeah. So that's the conundrum, isn't it? Right? Yeah, we like, are. It's crazy, right? Like like man there was probably some comedian also that talked about this, but it's how like there is there's literally no need for us to go faster and faster and faster, yet all the time we're just trying to get faster and faster and yeah. faster. Yeah, and everything that we do. Humans um, are competitive. We always want to be the best, right? That's right. Yeah, because you because you only hear about the best. Yeah. Right. Speaking of that and Olympics right now, um, I had I had this one point that was really really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, when you do fly SQ, do you order the chicken or the beef? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Order the beef. Oh, do you? I actually always ask for beef as well. Yeah. I, but, you know, I, I was always curious because I wonder if when they actually run out, this is probably not a you question. Yep. It's more like a flight, a sure. flight crew kind of question. Yep. But it's like, do you, does that mean that like if there are 50 people on the plane, there are 10, there are 100 meals? It can't be, right? I'm sure they, they give the first 25, okay, let's say there are 50 people on the plane. Mm-hmm. They ask the first 25 people chicken or beef. And then the next 25 don't get to choose, I guess, because you run out of options. Yeah. But Either that or the plane is storing so much food. Yeah, so that's that's exactly what it is. Like, we don't stock up two options for every passenger. Ah, so the, only the yeah. first few get to choose. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so this is... A, and people know this, huh? 
I guess they do now. <laughs> they will now. Um, another thing which I find really interesting when it comes to this kind of stuff is that, um, so in a plane, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, the calculation is something along the lines of people who are in economy class actually make the flight worth, they basically make a flight break even. But it's the first class and the business class passengers who are the real ones who are bringing in the additional um, earnings for the airline company. Is that true? I think that varies from airline to airline, Mm -hmm. depending on how your costs are calculated. And I mean, of course, how much cost goes into each flight. Mm -hmm. So for us, I think that is somewhat true, definitely. Uh The the premium um, cabin passengers definitely rake in the profit. It's like where the airplane yeah. profits, right? Yeah. Huh. Huh. But it really, I mean, it boils down to like what you give um, in each class, right? If you're giving full-on amenity kits, right? Um, then naturally your cost would go up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Hmm. Another another thing I've heard is uh, when people. So this one, I I'm kind of like I I don't really know it because I heard that. When people are seated on a plane, what they do is they want the plane to be balanced out. Mm -hmm. So they put one passenger in the back, one on the front, one on the back, one on the front. And that's how they fill the plane up. However, now I realize that you can actually choose your seat, right? So how does that work? Um, So you can sort of balance it out by using cargo. That's one of the ways to do it. Oh, so you counterbalance it using... Is the plane is that sensitive, huh? To um, once again, it's performance and fuel efficiency. So l- over long right. distance, you want to maintain the maximum efficiency. So the more balanced it is, the yeah. less I, the I, least I, drag, the less drag, and and the less uh, fuel burn you're gonna have. Ah, uh, huh. Also, that's how it works. So you balance it out with cargo. Yeah. This perfectly helps me slide into my next point. Where do all the doggies go? You want the real answer? No, I'm, oh, kidding. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. They usually go in the box. And, and who hole. feeds them? No, no, no. They're given food and water, but okay. no one goes in because we can't go into the cargo hold during a flight. Ah, so they um, don't get to choose the chicken or the beef. No, they, they're probably served neither. Okay. <laughs> I see. So, so they're not cleaned. They're just basically put in the flight and, and that's it. Yeah. And don't they freeze? Because cargo, cargo is cold, no? It is cold, but our cargo, once again, speaking only for us, mm-hmm. can't say for other airlines. Okay, Maybe okay. they don't. Okay. <laughs> but no, um, cargo holds are uh, temperature controlled. Ah. Yeah, so okay. you can maintain it at a certain temperature by using some of the air in the aircraft. So ah. it's not freezing temperatures. And obviously, there's a circulation of the air, right? Because yep. I'd imagine aircon on the plane the Mm -hmm. air is something that's circulated it's circulate similar to an air conditioning unit that you have in your house is circulated between the air outside and the air inside okay which is very very cold already no the air from outside uh yeah but you need to it needs to run certain things because the aircraft is running your engines are running you have a lot of hot air so there's ah, a lot of the heat okay. exchange oh, between stupid. the outside I didn't and the inside. <laughs> I should have thought no, of that. No, it's very technical. Right. Sometimes confusing. Yeah. Oh, that, that's super fascinating, man. There are all these things that I'm like, oh, how does that work? What does this do? Yeah. Um, okay. Another one, which always I, I, I never know. And I kind of always put it to the back of my head and go, I want to ask someone about this. And then I always forget mm-hmm. is where does the poopoo go? 
right out the window. No, it doesn't. No, we have tanks in the aircraft. Ah, so it's actually yeah. it's stored and then. So yeah, I know I know a common misconception, or it seems like it when you're in the toilet, right? You it such it a sounds huge like it, and it just goes boom, right? It sounds like and it, it shot out. Yeah, but it's yeah. not. It's shot out into the tanks. So these tanks ah. are clean on ground naturally. Um, but ah. no, we're not we're not dropping turds all over. <laughs> Yeah, that, that won't be nice, no. right? <laughs> yeah, but it, it definitely sounds like it. Like I would yeah. say one of the loudest noises in the it world is. is going to pee at night while my wife yeah. is asleep. And uh, the airplane toilet always like, yeah. makes this like... Yeah, it's because, it, once again, it uses air from the outside. So it uses the, the pressure differential mm-hmm. um, between the cabin air yeah. and the outside air to create a suction. Uh. And that's how it shoots really fast down and out so we don't have to use... Uh, much water or anything right yeah. right 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 oh that's interesting you know in one thing <laughs> this is super weird man i was always thinking like so sometimes you see like a, a, a stewardess like go inside the the bathroom right mm-hmm. or maybe let, let's put it this way there are times when i wait for the bathroom mm-hmm. in in a plane and it takes so long and yep. the stewardess comes out and i'm like man how big a business is she conducting in there right then i realized like she's cleaning it up for you cleaning you bad (laughs) yeah it's so dumb man i only thought about it later on in my life i'm like why is it that these and how do they make it not smell then i realized all these people are cleaning the thing it's really tough work i bet it is you see them going in after basically every uh passenger on the flight not after every single... I mean, if oh, it's a... You know how there's like a peak period? You know, after you have your meal, you settle in a bit. Everyone wants to oh. uh, use the bathroom before oh. they sleep. Okay. Sure, those, they let everyone go and then they clean it periodically. But usually, oh. um, they do go in. They try to go in as often as they can to make sure that it's in a pristine condition. Ah, how lovely. Yeah. SIA. Um, <laughs> what's the slogan? SIA flying with you always. <laughs> okay, I won't put you in the hot seat. <laughs> Wow. Uh, I'll look. I'll look it up. Um, what What is SIA's slogan? Um, let me find this out. But in, in the meantime, um, I guess you can Google it. You'll probably be faster than me at that. Um, um, another thing which I'm always curious about is when you're playing with your entertainment system, right? Mm-hmm. Did you find it? Yeah, yeah. What is it? A great way to fly. That adore. Yeah. yeah, I knew that. I completely, completely <laughs> slipped my mind. A great. It should be the greatest way to fly. Actually, I think uh, that would give it I an hope edge. That's... Yeah, now that's very much the case. Actually, when we, it, whenever we don't want to seem too proud. That's right. You know. That's right. That's right. It's, it's always important to be humble. <laughs> um, you know, whenever you complain about the entertainment system not working and mm-hmm. I'm like, damn it, I want to watch the last few bits of Indiana Jones, but it's yes. not working. The thing is frozen. And then the stewardess goes, okay, I'll go check. And then she walks away and then she comes back and you're like, damn it, is she really doing something? Is she really doing something? Um, yeah, so she, she can check the, uh, there's a control panel where she can check sort of like, you can call it the health of the system. Oh. Yeah. So they are doing something about yeah, it. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to do something about it. They're trying to reset it if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they can't, then of course they come back to you and they give some sort of uh, hmm. service recovery, right? Hmm. Where it's hmm. a vouchers or um, a great apology. Hopefully that's enough. Mm, yeah, I, I can't say it's been the same on all flights. So I'm sure SIA would do that. Um, I do have an interesting story. However, uh, this one is about me being on um, Japan Airlines. Mm-hmm. So after having my meal, I tried to um, I tried to put my tray table back up. Yep. So as I was putting my tray table back up, it locked. Like it just wouldn't go any further. So I was like, "What's wrong with mm-hmm. this?" I was looking around with it. Did, something went wrong. I don't know what it is. So I took it and I was like, "I guess maybe this needs a little bit more force." And so I forced it, and the freaking thing broke, man. 
and it broke so i've got this table just flopping in front of me and so i called yep. the the stewardess over and she's like it's like oh how can i help you and i go uh i, I broke the thing and she's like oh no 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 i'm sorry here let me help you and she's like, oh, it, oh, it's broken. Then I go, yeah, I'm, really, I'm so sorry. She goes, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I said, no, I'm sorry. She goes, no, no, I'm sorry. And she said, ah, please wait a moment. Then she walks away. She comes over. And then she says, ah, please, please. She brings me to first class, man. Wow. And I think it was my flight from, was it from Singapore to New York? I don't remember where it was, but I do, I was it to England or something. But I remember having a flight in first class. And have you, I'm sure you've flown first class, no? Um, You've definitely taken a selfie in first class. I have. <laughs> well, do you fly like first class as well? Um, we do if we get the opportunity to. Okay, so yeah. they do give you the occasional yeah. bump up when they know you're a fellow cool yeah. kid. Uh, uh, as in only on duty travel, like if you are, yeah. Ah, right, right. Yeah, so so they put me up to first class, and like, I've told quite a few people this story, but okay, so here's me in first class, right? So this is a person who obviously cannot afford first class mm -hmm. um, and is sitting in first class, and I was like, man, this is so badass. I was looking around me, and there were these like old men and women who obviously have achieved a lot of great things in life, yep. and I would like be like Jack when Jack in Titanic was in first class. Um, it sounds like we we're in Family Mart. It does. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the doorbell. Yeah. Um, so... So I was in first class and I was trying to look all cool. And I was like, wow, so many like buttons and gadgets and what yeah. do these things do? And so from the upright position, I pushed something, right? And it actually made me like recline. Wow. Yeah. And I was going back further and further. And I was like, oh, oh shit, oh shit. And I was like almost lying down. But mm -hmm. to, to be cool amongst people of class, yes. I, I pretended to be really cool. So I actually lay down for like, like a good five to 10 minutes, like playing it cool, just staring at the ceiling. I'm like, oh man, because if I go straight back up, right, these guys are going to know I'm an idiot and I've never flown in first class. So I had to like stay there and stay at the ceiling for like, yeah, really five to 10 minutes. And then I gently came back and I was like, mm, okay, I've woken up from my nap, you know? <laughs> so That's all right. You're not the first to do that. <laughs> I'm sure as well. Yeah, man. Oh man. But, and it's, I guess it's usually people on business trips, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think there are that many people that, oh, unless it's, maybe it's long haul flights or, or will I be surprised? You will be surprised. Is that right? Yeah. First class. There are, there are people who can afford it and do go for it. Damn. Yeah. And that's then, the dream. Then you have them people that fly private jets and stuff. Oh, that's the whole other level. It's, I, I, don't, I don't believe in any way. A, a, sm a smaller aircraft. Mm -hmm. I've been on smaller aircrafts and they're not as comfortable as big aircrafts. Is it really worth flying a private jet? I guess it's the uh, privacy and the convenience of owning a private jet. I guess so. It's just to tell people that you flew in on your own jet. Probably don't need to wait and shit. Yeah. Well. Just hop, the, hop the right jet, on. The jet waits for you. The jet. <laughs> I like that. The jet. The jet does wait for you. Um, have you missed a flight ever in your life? Um, I missed a connecting flight. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's just domino effect. Yeah, and it was horrible. It was uh, madness. Um, we we're actually going to Tasmania. Okay. From here. With Winnie. Uh, no, it was just with my family, actually. So okay. we were going to transit through uh, Melbourne. Mm -hmm. um, and the flight from here to Melbourne was delayed. Right. So then, naturally, the flight from Melbourne to Tasmania would be in jeopardy. Yeah. And, and you so, have to wait in the airport for a lot longer. Yeah, you have to wait like a whole night, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, <laughs> this in this case, sorry, we almost we almost missed it, but we actually managed to make it by luck because that oh, other as flight in, right the other f there was that means there was a bigger gap between flight number two and flight number three 
uh, flight number two and flight number three. Yeah. Right, right. Huh. Yeah, that flight was delayed. So right. our delayed managed to slot in to catch the plane, but we were rushing across the airport as a family. It oh, man. Sort of like Home Alone. Yes, like that yeah. scene from Home Alone. <laughs> right. Nice, man. Hey, um, I'm going down my list of sure. questions I'm so curious about. Okay, how important is it? Re- okay, I believe that on a Boeing and on an Airbus, people mm-hmm. have good enough technology that me WhatsApping someone goodbye, remember to turn off all the aircon or whatever it is, is yep. not going to interrupt the damn thing. Right? I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, is this wrong? I, so I think this has been proven. I don't know if you watch Mythbusters uh, or you know this. I, I might have seen this episode yeah. where so, they, they tested Yeah, out, they right? tested this particular theory because obviously, I mean, we're not going to test it on our aircraft, well, are we? But you see. But yeah, on yeah. a day-to-day basis, um, surely there are people who do not turn off their phones. Um, I, I guarantee there yeah. are people, yeah. So, and the plane operates fine. Mm-hmm. But the worry is if you have too many phones uh, sending signals out from the plane, uh-huh. uh, it might disrupt ground communications. But it, it's so powerful that you can connect, like you're in the middle of the ocean mm-hmm. and you still have clear communication, yep. yet a cell phone can... Because the cell phone then bounces off several satellites or several telecom towers. Oh, so oh, that, oh, yeah, oh, so okay, because okay, it's roaming it. at that point, it's ah. a roaming oh that makes sense network. so sure on a if you want to say that it will definitely cause a plane to crash or definitely interrupt your communications i mm-hmm. don't think that's the case but it's always in the airline industry it's always safety first right so you want right. to ensure that you have as much of a safety margin as you can right yeah hmm and linking straight on to safety how much excess fuel is there that that a plane holds like it, is there like an emergency backup of like a whole load to bring you back to the location you came from or i mean because you talked about efficiency as yep. well right so it depends on the uh particular let's say mission or flight plan okay um but if you're flying obviously from singapore to for example los angeles mm-hmm. um and you're almost there i'm not gonna have enough to come back all the way or if you're halfway there mm-hmm. uh, the plane is not gonna come all the way back so the safe the safety amount is not times two no oh. uh, because that would be as you mentioned very inefficient right so mm-hmm. the airplane wants but, to maintain. but if you don't if you don't use oh wait wait no because you're carrying more weight mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna say because if you don't you'll just use it up the next flight but you are car- carrying yeah you're a- carrying the weight oh. and when you land there's a maximum amount of, amount of weight that you can have when you land yep oh is that right yep. so if so Hang if, on, so you're saying that you can take off with a heavier tank, but when you land, you prefer to have a lighter tank? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Because a heavier aircraft means your landing is going to be naturally heavier. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah, 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 it's harder sense. to control. It's, it's going to cause, it oh. can cause more complications in the landing. Right. So you want an as mobile aircraft as you can to ensure that you have full control upon landing. So when I hear about emptying fuel, yeah, is this this is really a thing? Yeah, over the ocean, people dump fuel just to get lighter to land. That's a lot of money going out the window. That is, but compared to uh, the damage you yeah, sustain. compared to crashing a plane, I think you would oh. rather lose the fuel. Hmm, that's really interesting. Hmm, and and is there like a like okay because obviously when you take off from one place. 
and you land in another country and then you refuel there. Yes. So the country then what they have like a they they pay that certain country a certain amount and then they I'm sure there's a more clever system, right, that you do for that. Um yeah, so you have I mean you have contracts with the various airports. Right. And their uh, fuel providers. And it's like you won't like accidentally miss uh, mixed wrong fuel. It's uh, no, a so there's yeah, there's a standard um so before we use the fuel, we audit the fuel uh, oh. providing company okay. and the, the quality of the fuel to make sure that it's to our standards. Mm-hmm. And once it's of a certain standard, they're actually all mixable. Ah, yeah. okay. So it doesn't matter where you are. It's okay to have uh, fuel from different countries or different providers. Right. As and long that- as they meet the requirements. Okay. The and specifications. That's- Okay, so then that's how you then have the contract with them, and then you know that you're gonna top up there, and yep. the whole thing flows beautifully. Flows. Ah, nice, nice, nice. So one thing that doesn't flow though is plane hijacks. Now this one, I wanted, I asked mm. you about it just now, and you're like, "Hey, there are only a few, I might not be able to tell you because it might be classified, but of the things that you can tell me, mm-hmm. um, I've heard that as air crew, there are little things you can do to indicate that things are not." going the way you want it to go is that true like is there a magic red button that hides under seat 72b okay there might be but i would don't even know myself like because yeah to to work on certain systems on the aircraft you need to be uh cleared security clearance needs to be given um especially when it comes to safety uh related components of the aircraft so things like this would fall under that category and i'm not even privy to that information so i i literally can't even share it with you because i don't know because you oh okay but but the but okay so but the pilots can lock their door to make they can lock the door definitely so nowadays all the doors are are very secure for you know the obvious reasons of the many cases that have happened and and to break down that door is not as easy as like every movie no, where they just fire one bullet at the lock and it opens, right? Yeah, it's not that, that easy. That in every movie, oh, that's point, how you, you open any lock. You don't really want to fire a bullet in a plane, by the way, um, because oh, it makes a hole. Yeah, it might ricochet and hit the the fuselage. Oh. <laughs> Once that happens, uh, oh, the you're... plane is gonna depressurize and everyone's just gonna faint really fast. So, um, going going back to what you said at the start, like when mm-hmm. when you are an aircraft engineer, you're actually in charge of a specific part of the plane uh, yes. or like a specific aspect of the plane, mm-hmm. right? And can I ask like what specific thing do you do in the plane? Um, so I was part of the systems engineering previously. Okay. Um, in charge of mainly your mechanical portions on the plane, mechanical components, so like your doors, your mm. uh, flight controls. Or oh, landing oh, gears. Opposed to what? As compared to, for example, your avionics, which are like all the electronics, your computers, your... Uh, ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Oh. And then, of course, you have your uh, power plant team, which takes care of the engines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the structures team, which takes care of the fuselage. Oh, and you guys obviously need to, need to work hand in hand, because I'm do, sure any do. little tweak you made yeah. impacts so, on Nowadays, especially, a lot of the systems uh, communicate with each other, mm-hmm. and it's basically a whole ecosystem. So we work mm-hmm. very closely as a entire unit, I guess. Right. 
Okay. Well, we've gone past an hour already. Oh. Yeah, this is the magic room where time Lovely. time flies. But I love it. I do have a few last things that I want to talk sure. about. And one being um COVID's obviously hit you guys if not the hardest, right? I believe F and B is second, you guys are number one. Travel is number yeah, one. Yeah, right? I think travel just by the uh nature of the pandemic has caused excuse me. Nice. Um a lot of uh well rather the lack of ability for people to travel. So mm-hmm. Airlines everywhere are facing uh, the brunt of it and travel industry in general, I, wonder I can if the, assume. I wonder if the pilots are hit harder than you guys because I do know that from what you explained to me a mm-hmm. while back, it's like the, the planes still need to move because you need to keep the engines running. And you yes. Need to so for us as engineers, there are actually a lot of work to be done while the aircraft is not flying. Maintenance. Yeah, maintenance work. Uh, now more than so, especially when uh, we're parking a lot of aircraft. So I think mm-hmm. you've seen all the photos of uh, Changi Airport just parked uh-huh. with all our aircraft on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of maintenance work to ensure that uh, these aircraft are ready to go mm-hmm. whenever we need them, right. hopefully soon. Right. But uh, our weather and humidity is not very conducive for aircraft on the ground. Because you don't have enough hangars for all the planes, obviously. Yeah, right? no, they're just no one would have enough hangers to fit their full fleet of aircraft. And so they're suntanning basically every day. They are, yeah. So they're that exposed to the wind it. and the rain and all that. Oh, man. So it's been quite a while if you uh, think Gosh. about it. So there's a lot of maintenance work to prevent, to make sure that nothing too bad happens and it's recoverable or it's uh, it can be kept in the most pristine condition. That's rough, man. Sorry to yeah, hear that. Like, well, I, can't, I mean, I, I just imagine like a car that's left out in the sun all yeah. day long. It cannot be good for it, right? Yeah. Man, gosh, that's rough. Um, does that mean that pilots just don't have any work? I mean, you guys have still have work to do, but as a we pilot, do. you'd be kind of... So, yeah, they have... I won't say they don't have work, but rather they're forced to not work because there are not that many flights anymore. Yeah, so, you, you literally don't have a job to do, right? Yeah, so they're grounded a lot more but then i think we do redeploy them to other areas of the company to support uh ongoing efforts right fair enough yeah fair enough okay Hmm. so hopefully i mean once the skies open more people get vaccinated yeah and we get to fly again yeah we get to fly again that'd be very cool where's the first go-to place that you're gonna take Uh, well a bit of background um emily is what two no she's one closer to yeah she's about 20 months now coming so she'll be two soon enough right um, personally, I want to go to Japan, actually. Surely you've been there before, right? No, I've actually, well, okay, I've been there as a, a kid, um, but oh. I don't remember most of it because I was just following my parents around. We didn't really do much except uh, hang out with some of their friends. Huh. Um, but I'd really like to experience the rest uh, of Japan. Which place in particular? Tokyo, Kyoto. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend Osaka, by the way, but Ooh. that's biased because that's where my mom's from. <laughs> it must be a great place. It, it must. It, it, okay, so here's the thing. Like When it comes to Japan, I feel mm-hmm. that Tokyo is, when you talk metropolitan, yep. I feel that uh, Tokyo is, dare I say, like the Somerset or Dobigot mm. of um, Japan. Whereas I would say Osaka preserves its... Um, Japaneseiness a little bit right. better. So I would say if you're looking for, like, for example, if you want to travel, if you want like shopping and fancy stuff and loud and big lights, and mm-hmm. you want um, 
big lights i don't even know if that's a thing but um and you want people that understand you in english probably a better chance in tokyo right. osaka probably not as much. i mean kyoto is also i would say very traditional but at the same time tokyo uh, kyoto is such a tourist destination yeah. that people do speak it but right. when you go into osaka and you start to go a little bit outside osaka it's um you probably can't get around as, right. as well with with but um, you're still suggesting that i go there yes yes because i feel like it's preserved better yeah right i because get what you mean you 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 only get the full experience if if the menu is in japanese mm-hmm. and you know that this is the stuff the locals have yep. whereas when you go into um if you go into tokyo a lot of it is already translated for you so it's like you don't it's not like the experience yeah. that you want kind of thing yeah yeah um, but now nah, Jap- japan's definitely a, a very very nice one too does emily have to pay for a seat like do you need a baby I think she pays a subsidized rate, as a, a reduced. Uh, I, I know they 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 have the bassinet, they, right? But I don't. I, she's way bigger than uh, the bassinet allows now. Those oh, are mo- mainly for infants. Oh, that's so she'll probably she'll have a. Oh, seat. she'll have to pay yeah. for a seat, right? But it's not a full ticket price. It's a child ticket. Ah, uh, yeah. funny that though, because they do take out one seat. They do. You can't stack two children in one seat. They right? do, but I guess. Um, I guess they're just being they kind on families. Maybe you don't use as much of the services, you know, like the food and all that. She won't be choosing the chicken or the beef. She definitely not. <laughs> she gets to choose whatever the parents give. That's right. <laughs> oh, man, that's super exciting. Anyway, I think we have to check on how the ladies are doing. Um, on a small side note, though, mm-hmm. one other thing that we have in common is both our wives are Indonesian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's not true. My wife is Singaporean, but she was born in Indonesia. And yeah. Winnie was also born in well, Indonesia. Well, I mean, her right? family is Indonesian. Half the family. Is she still an Indonesian citizen? Uh, Winnie? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. She's more Indonesian than my Indonesian. <laughs> um, but either way, man, I it's crazy. I We got through like maybe two-thirds of what I wanted to ask, but um, that just wow. means that I'll have to steal you another time while the ladies while Gladly. our ladies are playing and having fun with Emily. When the, when the three ladies are having fun, let's do another drop-by. Next sure. time we can chat other stuff. Thank you. Thank uh, you so much for having others. me on. A pleasure, man. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.